This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. This is Mental Health Moments, the podcast dedicated to breaking down barriers and sharing your stories. Brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Mental Health Moments, hosted by yours truly, Phil McCabe, and brought to you by 105.9 The Region. And just a heads up before we get into the interview, Discovery is now on all sorts of platforms. You can download the podcast at Apple, Spotify, Google Play. We've got 40 different platforms that this podcast is now available. Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Mental Health Moments, brought to you by 105.9 The Region, and hosted by yours truly, Phil McCabe. Mental Health Moments, in my view, this show, this podcast, is intended to reach as far and as wide as humanly possible while talking about mental health as a whole. And sometimes we reach far and wide, sometimes we reach locally. Coming up next week, Wednesday the 20th, Mackenzie Health, in partnership with RBC and the Mackenzie Health Foundation, is hosting a live panel conversation on mental health. Joining me today is Simone Papernick, the patient care manager from Mackenzie Health's mental health program. Thank you for joining me today, Simone. Thank you for having me. Before we get into this and the event that brought us together, because I'm very excited about it, but I wanted to pick your brain a little bit. As the manager of patient care, what is mental health to you and what does it mean? So mental health is something everybody has, just as they have physical health. Uh, Mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we think, feel, and act. It also determines how we handle stress, relate to others, and make choices. Mental health is important at every stage of life, from childhood and adolescence through to adulthood and through our older years, just as our physical health is. Over the course of anybody's life, uh, if you experience mental health problems, your thinking, your mood, your behavior could also be could all be affected. Uh, And factors that contribute to mental health problems include things like life experiences and family history of mental health problems, but also biological factors such as genes and brain chemistry. Okay, um, just kind of piggybacking off of that before we move on, why do you think it's so important to talk about mental health? Is it purely to destigmatize it? Or do you think that as a whole, the more we talk about it, the more we understand it and like it's just an important thing, just like we would talk about the, the body health. Yes, um, I would completely agree. And and both of those answers that you mentioned, I think talking about it and understanding it is more likely to decrease the stigma of it. And uh, people are more likely to get help. And that's the one problem with stigma is people Um, tend to be afraid to reach out or to identify that there's an issue and they suffer in silence. Okay, now coming up in a few days is this live panel discussion that that brought us together. You've got a whole panel of experts and a, a broadcaster legend of her own nature, Melanie Ng. How can people get involved in this wonderful event? Where can they go? How can they get involved? Well, I believe it is um, a discussion that's open to anyone in York Region, and you can register by visiting www.mackenziehealth, so M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E-H-E-A-L-T-H dot C-A backslash virtual panel. 
you know, the idea of this event is to bring all these people together and really talk about things that are important to not just society, but the the individuals at, uh, in general. So, you know, looking at the panelists you've got, you have a psychiatrist, a pair of social workers, and a crisis intervention worker. It's got to feel nice as an organization to be able to get these experts together that can speak from different perspectives, no? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and they're... They're definitely great uh, and really excited about participating. Uh, the psychiatrist also, I mean, he does uh, see all age groups except for child and adolescents, uh, all adult age groups. However, he does have a specialty in geriatric and neuropsychiatry. So really good person to pick, pick his brain. Uh, and I, I believe when if you register, you can submit a question um, ahead of time, uh, and the deadline for that is Monday, October 18th. Oh, wonderful. And you mentioned there that the psychiatrist has, uh, specializes in geriatric. So if I'm, if I'm concerned about my elderly parents' well-being, about their mental health, this is kind of the perfect opportunity to to speak to this doctor and be like, you know, I, I'm concerned about X, Y, Z in in my parent. What do I do about this? How can I get help? That's kind of a perfect opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, himself or um, our urgent intake expert can also help because they can help you navigate uh, how to get a referral in and how to access services. So you've got the one that can provide all the expertise on what you may be experiencing or what your loved one is experiencing. And then you've got the other that will help you navigate the system. Now, for anyone that doesn't know, what exactly is an intake worker? Because, you know, the idea of intake is a little bit foreign to some people. Well, this is actually a combination of two different roles. We have taken two different clinics and, and amalgamated them. So when somebody gets a referral to our clinic, we have somebody contact them to do a preliminary assessment because that helps us determine uh, if this patient needs to be seen like right away because it's a very urgent need or if they can go on our regular um, wait list, which isn't, isn't actually long at all. But it's just, you know, do we need to get this person in with the next couple of days because there might be a safety issue or can we sort of follow them up briefly until they get attached to services. Okay. And, you know, you talked about maybe urgent, maybe not. As an individual, is there certain things that I should be looking for in the people around me to determine if I, I should be trying to make this something urgent? Yeah. So people who are at risk of hurting themselves or others, people that are experiencing psychosis, uh, people with uh, suicidal ideation, um, People who functioning level is extremely poor, uh, like they aren't eating, they're not sleeping, they're not able to get out of bed, they can't attend work or anything like that, um, then we would definitely get them in to be seen uh, urgently. Okay, and the, the flip side of that, uh, just in your professional opinion, what are some things that we can look for to, to determine if maybe we should start pushing someone towards this, but it's not necessarily urgent. Okay, so some early warning signs uh, for uh, to help you identify um, can be eating or sleeping too much or not enough. Um, maybe pulling away from people or their usual activities that they do. Um, having really no energy, uh, feeling kind of like nothing matters. 
some people feel um, some somatic stuff. So they might have aches and pains that they don't know where they're coming from. Uh, lots of feelings of helplessness and hopelessness we hear. Uh, sort of, we also can see increased drinking and, and drug usage, kind of trying to cope. Uh, forgetful, hard to concentrate. You may be irritable. Uh, you um, may have persistent thoughts about suicide, which, uh, by the way, is quite normal when you're depressed. Uh, some people may hear voices that are not there. Um, and really inability to perform daily tasks of taking care of yourself or getting to school or work or taking care of your kids. Okay, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but if some of these non-urgent warning signs, as you put them, if we start to see these things uh, accumulating in ourselves or in the, the people around us, as they start to accumulate, I assume that means it's getting more and more urgent the more we're seeing these warning signs, no? Right. And really, the warning signs that I mentioned, some of them are would, sorry, would be considered urgent, such as the hearing voices and uh, suicidal ideation. But I would say that when you're depressed, uh, uh, like a pretty good depression, um, you will ex experience suicidal thoughts. And I can't emphasize how much that that is normal. Thinking back to my my own experiences with mental health, I I know for a fact that I've had days where I've been quote unquote depressed, and people around me have been concerned. But you know what? The the next day I, I bounce back. I, I'm feeling okay. So where I'm going with that is, do you think that for your average person experiencing the these things once in a while is normal and it's not necessarily a point of concern? until it becomes a regular occurrence that you're you're drinking more, you're having a hard time getting out of bed and so on. Like it does it have to be over an extended period of time before we should be concerned about these things? Well, uh, diagnostically, they do say two weeks or more. Uh, but uh, sometimes we don't really notice them until we're um, already in the thick of it. Uh, but the diagnostic criteria is two weeks or more. I think, you know, everybody has their ups and downs, everybody has bad days, and, you know, there's stresses in life. And as long as your, you know, your coping strategies are working, you may have a bad day or a bad afternoon. But usually, you know, you're able to cope the next day or in a couple of days, those are just more situational stressors causing some of that. Okay, now bringing things back to this uh, wonderful event that I'm very excited about, I, I look forward to submitting questions of my own. Do you think that we as a society, if we start to host more and more of these events and, and talk about it more openly and really shed as much light on mental health as humanly possible, that there is potentially an end in sight that we can fully destigmatize mental health? Or do you think that there's essentially more more boxes that need to be checked off before it can be completely destigmatized? Well, um, I think the education that happens in these kind of talks and uh, in these panels uh, is actually the most important thing, knowing the actual facts. So talking about it and spreading the information is going to decrease stigma. The other thing is, you know, we all need to know um, what our attitudes uh, and behaviors are towards mental health. Because, you know, if we're thinking 
you know, we're, if we're judgmental or something to do with our upbringing and society has reinforced some of these negative beliefs, we have to challenge them. We need to be aware of them and then challenge them. Uh, even in your conversations, uh, a lot of people use certain words that, um, that you know, are, are stigma related. So when we're having conversations and we say, oh, that person's crazy or, um, you know, I, I just want to kill myself today. Uh, it, you know, we need to choose our words carefully uh, because the way we speak can affect the attitudes of, our, of ourselves and others. Um, have a positive attitude towards mental health and that it is part of our, our health, just as physical health. Uh, and focus on the positives. Uh, and, and, you know, it's only part of anyone's larger picture. We also have to support each other. So respecting and offering support and encouragement and treating people with dignity uh, and include everyone. So I think, I think what's happening uh, will eventually reach our goal. We just, need to, we just need to continue doing it. Now, I have a bit of a tradition on this show, and it's something I'll ask you just before I let you go here. If there's someone out there that's suffering through a mental health crisis, what would you like them to know, like right now in the immediate? I would say a few things. Okay, so uh, what you're experiencing is real. Uh, mental illnesses are just as real and valid as, as physical illness. And I've said that many times, because it is true. And people have to take care of it just as well as you've got pain in your stomach, you go to the doctor. If you're having any of the symptoms that we talked about before, going to the doctor is just as important because we don't want to leave it. Things will get worse. Uh, what you're experiencing is not a personal weakness. It's which a lot of people, you know, pull up your bootstraps kind of idea that um, they, they see that it's a weakness or, or they may feel it's a weakness themselves. But uh, we do know that mental illnesses are dysfunctions of the brain. So it's not a weakness. It, it is an actual dysfunction. Um, everyone is different. So, you know, how you're presenting the symptoms you're having uh, may be unique. Like there's lots of different um, diagnoses. Uh, and also people can differ who have the same diagnoses. Um, but at the same time, you're not alone. So everyone may differ, but you're not alone because in any given year, um, we know one in five people in Canada will personally experience a mental health problem or illness. It's very important to have friends or family members support you uh, to create a really good support system. Uh, it's critical for your recovery. Uh, and it's important that they support recovery you know, provide compassion, understanding, um, respect, and uh, encouragement. Uh, so sometimes those individuals may need to equip themselves with the education and knowledge to better support that person. Because it's very difficult if, if a family member says, you all oh, just get over it. You're fine. The pull up the bootstraps kind of idea. Oh, absolutely. And I'm so thankful that you said that. I, I know in my own experience, I, for a long time, I felt like there was something wrong with me because I would be upset. I would be whatever the, the concern might have been in that moment. And the people around me would just, oh, it, it's all good. You're, you're worrying too much or so on and so forth. So I, I'm glad you say that. 
Now, before I let you go, what is the website again and how can people get involved in this wonderful event? It's www.mckenziehealth.ca backslash virtual panel. And uh, questions need to be submitted uh, by Monday, October 18th, if you have any questions you want addressed by the panel. Simone Papernick, thank you so much for joining me on Mental Health Moments. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And thank you for talking about it. More mental health conversations after this. Hey there, and welcome back to Mental Health Moments. I am your host, Phil McCabe. This show is brought to you by 105.9 Region, and it's part of the radio show for podcasters called Discovery, which is now on all kinds of platforms. If you want to listen to Discovery, whether it be Millennial Balance, whether it be the new music podcast, whether it be Chit Chat with Cal, any of these wonderful programs that we've had on here are part of Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. You can get it on Google Play. You can get it on Apple. You can get it on Spotify. You can get it really anywhere you get your podcast. So go back and listen to lots of great episodes. They're worth checking out for sure. Now, every episode, I talk to guests about their initiatives and their personal experiences with mental health, oftentimes because I'm simply not qualified to discuss mental health beyond my personal experiences. The reason I bring that up is because today I wanted to do a bit of a checkup of sorts. There's literal and metaphorical distance between us, but I'm here for you and I know you're here for me. We've heard my story before, but since we're checking in, I thought I'd update you. I'm good. That's not to say that I've always been good. In fact, quite the opposite. I've had my fair share of bad days. Since our last check-in, which would have been our very first episode back in February of last year, I believe. I've lost a grandparent to COVID-19. I've lost an uncle in the same family to a very unexpected passing. It was, it was very sad, very tragic, and on and on and on. But the reason for those bad days isn't important at the moment. They were bad days. They happen, as we heard from our guest, Simone Papernick. Bad days happen. It's important that you acknowledge that, that you accept that it's not a sign of weakness. The flip side of this is I've also had some pretty great days. Uh, just recently, I proposed to my girlfriend of a couple years, and she said yes, so that's a positive. I've had positives for other things, like the Blue Jays pushing to the, to the very end, and so on and so forth. But again, the reasons aren't important right now. All that to say, ups and downs happen, and it is important to note that it's completely normal. Everything you feel is normal. You are not less than for feeling what you feel. Everyone has these experiences, and it's important to remember them. Now, enough about me. How are you doing? It's a simple question with endless implications. As a stereotypically polite Canadian, I ask that to start most conversations. Oh, hey, how's it going? How's the wife and kids? And so on and so forth. And nine out of time, nine out of ten times, excuse me, the response is good and you. And, you know, at the end of the day, that could be the truth. It could be as simple as, yeah, they're doing good. Everything's good. Nothing of note. But the flip side is, it could also be a person that's not having the best day and they just don't care to be a burden on me or anyone around them. So they just say good, knowing that the conversation will move on. It could also be a person that's having a borderline crisis and they're just having a hard time trying to vocalize that they're feeling bad, that they're low, that they're in this position. As I said, simple question with endless implications. If I were to ask myself that question every day for a week, I'd like to think that the answer will always be good, but that's just not true. Does that make me weak? Does that make me think that I am less than? Simply because I said I'm not doing great? Simply because I said I'm bad? I don't think so. 
Again, I'm not an expert in any sense of the word, but it is my belief that real strength is saying you're not okay, and that is okay. Real courage is seeing the baggage you are carrying and asking someone for help carrying it. Every guest that I've brought on this show has their own story, and just like you have yours, these people have vocalized it and they are sharing their story in hopes that you might feel better, that you might feel related to, that you might feel that you are not alone in this. And that is literally the point of this show. If I can convey nothing else, it's that you are not alone, that there is no need to suffer in silence. If you want to talk to me or anyone else, there is no shame in that. I am a completely judgment-free zone. If you want to talk to me about struggles with your wife, do that. If you want to talk to me about struggles with your job, do that. If you want to talk to me simply because you've just had a crap day and you just don't want to deal with it by yourself, that is okay. The point of mental health moments is to express that these moments are exactly that. They are a moment in time. They are not the be-all, end-all. They are not an all-defining situation. You are who you are, and it is not weak to say you need help. But bringing it back to all the guests that I've had, you know, we've spoken to the likes of Call Me Chris, a TikTok star who continues to have this rocket ship rise to superstardom across Canada and North America. And through all of her fame, she experienced ups and downs. She posted really the reason that brought us together and had uh, brought our conversation to fruition was she posted a simple video saying that her dog would come lay down next to her when she was having a bad day. And it really resonated with me, and I'm sure it resonated with other people, and essentially sparked the idea for this show. We've spoken to a woman named Stephanie Kelly who learned earlier in her life that she was infertile due to endometriosis. And I have to say, she was easily the most upbeat and positive person that I've spoken to on this show so far. So all that to say, she kept living her life, and you can too. Again, there is no shame in feeling the things that you feel and, and working towards having the strength to move past these low lows and and dig yourself out of these metaphorical uh, low points. We've had a senator, a Canadian senator, mind you, Denise Batters, whose husband literally took his own life because of mental health concerns. He was depressed. He was having anxiety and he unfortunately took his own life. And that is an incredibly low point in Denise's life, obviously. But when I spoke to her, and you can go back and listen to it on those wonderful podcast platforms, whatever suits your fancy. But my point is, she didn't let that stop her from living her life. She used this awful scenario to continue to advocate for further conversation about mental health. And that's what we're doing here. That's what I hope to continue to do. And I hope that you will be willing to talk to me. Now, I want to wrap things up before I get too preachy here, but I will say that I hope that this conversation, I hope that hearing about events like the one that Mackenzie Health is putting on, I hope that hearing that Canadian senators to TikTok stars to just average people, we all have these experiences. There is no reason that we need to suffer in silence. People can make their way out of these low lows. You can reach the highest highs. You can come back from whatever's bothering you. Everything will be okay. And until next time, you are loved. If you or someone you love is struggling with mental health concerns, contact a local agency near you. This has been Mental Health Moments, brought to you by 105.9 The Region.
Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.